It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think you're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. The new year, supposedly, Joe, will not be delayed, which means we have free agency to talk about starting tomorrow when the tampering window opens and a new collective bargaining agreement, which has led to some deals. So we're going to start the show by talking about the CBA news. Obviously, that's big news. Talking about the immediate outlook for the NFL and then in the spirit of free agency opening on Wednesday, but the fact that we're going to be hearing about deals tomorrow, we're going to go through a mock offseason. We did this once earlier this year, but now we have a much better idea of the players available in the draft, uh, and we have a better idea of where those players might be available. So we're going to go through a mock free agency and mock draft to finish off the show. But let's get started with the biggest news, and that is that the NFL is not closing down. The NFL has a new collective bargaining agreement, which will run through 2030. That means 10 years of labor peace, despite a very contentious and very tight vote. That vote passing has given NFL teams some peace of mind. They know how to conduct business, and we started to see a trickle of deals coming in late in the day on Sunday, with the tampering period opening on Monday. But let's focus on the CBA, because this is a very controversial agreement that the players voted on it passed by what one and a half percent joe that's right 60 votes was the difference between 2,000 players that voted 500 did not which is pretty typical that a fifth of uh, people don't vote on a new cba contract having experience in that myself but in a close vote like that that means there are going to be a lot of players that aren't very happy with this deal i mean just as many that are happy obviously but uh football will go on which i think will make everyone happy and Especially right now, I think we could all use a little bit of a distraction, even though we're very early in this process that seems to be affecting the world. The NFL world, though, now knows how to handle free agency. Not only did they get the final cap numbers, which is just about $199 million, and then you have your carryover from years past, which the Bengals will. Uh, you also know how much you're paying for minimum salaries, which those went up $100,000 for each player on a minimum salary deal. And then 
the tags, which are going to affect just a few teams. But now you can only use one tag where the Cowboys may have been deciding between using a tag on Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott using an exclusive tag and a franchise tag. This at least clears that up. They're going to have to make a decision for the Bengals, though. That decision now, as we're recording, has just about 12 more hours to go where they will presumably tag A.J. Green. Yeah, I think that that is a move that everyone is certainly expecting, and I'm a little bit surprised that they haven't announced it yet. Jeff Hobson of Bengals.com has just written a piece that he talked to Trey Hopkins and Carlos Dunlap about the new CBA, but there's no word from the A.J. Green Bengals negotiations yet, and they've got to get that franchise tag in. They have about, from the time of recording, 16 hours or so. Yeah, that's right. And I think the other thing that we have to look at, obviously, for the CBA was the big negotiating point. The players gave up um, a big chip for the next 10 years, and that's the 17th game. And it won't happen this year in 2020, but in 2021, the NFL will go to 17 games. And this year, we will see seven teams in the playoffs for each conference. And only the first seed, the top seed in each conference, will get the bye. And that's actually probably a a big deal because apparently I didn't know this before today I saw a tweet 80% of Super Bowl teams had a first round buy now obviously that's the better teams right they've earned those buys so there's some confirmation bias there but that week of rest is a big deal part of the CBA actually mandates that there's a buy I think between the last preseason game and the first regular season game as well or maybe that kicks in when they go to the 17-game season. But uh, one thing that starts right away is the changes to practice allowances. They almost have preseason padded practice allowance. And even when they go to a 17-game schedule, there are no more padded practices that will be allowed in the regular season either. I think that's still capped at 14 all season long. So we have to see if that's really a good enough trade-off for an extra game played, but throughout the year it's less padded practice, less bumps and bruises and hits and banging on each other, right? Uh, The one less preseason game. So like you said, that's a bye week between the third preseason game and the start of the year. So the start of the regular season should be at the same time still, just with an added week at the end. Um, Three preseason games, if you're in the Hall of Fame game like the Cowboys are this year, we mentioned the Cowboys again for some reason, but... That means they're still playing four. I would have had a bigger issue with that if I was a player. But I guess that's the trade-off. The other one is 53-man rosters are now going to 55-man rosters, and you can activate an extra offensive lineman, which I think has been a struggle for a few teams. You know how it is, Jake. On Sunday mornings, you're looking at the team, and you're saying, all right, who's healthy? And you always end up cutting that eighth offensive lineman on the active list because you are you know, you just don't think they'll ever get to him. Now you can activate him. It, I think that helps out teams a little bit in making that decision. I believe one other change is that teams will be allowed to promote two players from their practice squad per week. So there will be a little bit of added roster flexibility with those extra roster spots, that extra active guy, and a little bit more mobility to and from the practice squad. So to wrap up, so the final adjusted cap number for the Cincinnati Bengals is somewhere around $209.5 million, and they have $48 million against the cap right now before the adjustments for those minimum salaries. So that'll tighten up a little bit as they head into free agency with the ninth most cap space in the NFL.
And let's get into how they might use some of that cap space with Fanspeak's off-season simulator, and that is powered by Over the Cap's projections, which is what I always use, Joe. I don't know about you for all my cap numbers at this point. So we'll get into all that here in just a minute. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. With free agency kicking off, we are going to fanspeak.com and using their ultimate GM machine, which allows you to sign free agents, cut players, trade players, put the tag on them. And, well, we've done that. And basically the the guys we have cut, there's a, there's after Cordy Glenn's already been released, we had to make a decision on Drake Kirkpatrick. As of now, we're keeping him. We put the franchise tag on A.J. Green at receiver, of course. Uh, we re-signed Clayton Fedulum as a special teamer. We did not re-sign Nick Vigil, Andrew Billings. I think we'll go into free agency, and if you know they don't get signed or they don't get deals, I, depending on the money, we may consider them. But um, other than that, trading Andy Dalton is the other objective here in the offseason. And as we head into signing some actual quality free agents, we got a lot of money to play with. And we have $17 million already guaranteed, $18 million maybe to A.J. Green. So we're figuring if we go by last year when the Bengals gave out $29 million in guaranteed money, we have about $12 million more to play with. They have a $15 million waiver now that they don't have to put that money into escrow. So Joe and I are going to operate under the assumption that they will spend $15 million more in guaranteed money because they don't have to put it away. So on day one of free agency, we're prioritizing interior offensive line and cornerback, and we're going to make an offer to Graham Glasgow, which he's going to accept. That's $12 million a year over four years with $19 million guaranteed. We guaranteed 40% of the deal. Makes him, I think, the highest paid guard on day one of free agency in the simulator. And we also tried to make an offer on Brian Poole, the slot corner the Bengals tried to sign last year as well. We offered him $6 million a year over three years with $6 million guaranteed, 30% guaranteed, and he did not take that offer. Some of the other Bengals targets, Kendall Fuller got three years, $10.5 million, and I don't think Joe or I are very happy to think about that number for him. I don't think we're in mm-hmm. on that number. Tyler Eifert is gone. He's gone to the Texans for two years, $6.5 million a year, and Andrew Billings signs on day one of free agency, which I don't think either of us were expecting, for $5.8 million a year. And Joe, would you sign Andrew Billings for $5.8 million a year for two years? I would not be surprised if it's in that range. If the Bengals re-sign him, I could see four and a half to five, right? You let him get out there and let teams compete, 5.8. Man, he's, he's still only 24 years old. I think his birthday just, he may, it may have just happened, I think on the 6th. He may be 25 now. He's young. I, I think he played well last year. I'd keep him. Yeah, I would try to keep him too. But in this case, we don't get a chance. We didn't re-sign him because the reality of the world is he's going to be an unrestricted free agency tomorrow. And teams will be able to bid for his services. The Bengals will be bidding against other teams because they have not made a concerted effort to re-sign him. And part of that's got to be Josh Tupo. But Joe, you made a good point off-air that Tupo didn't line up in no cycle nearly as much as Billings did last year. Right. We like to think he could replace him, but 75 snaps for Tupo at nose tackle versus 300 for Billings at nose tackle. If you lose Billings, 
you could just slide Tupo in there, but you really don't have the snaps on the roster to just completely replace it. Yeah, so they would need to find some other snaps, most likely, right? So we have spent now 18 on A.J. Green, 5 million guaranteed, say, on Graham Glasgow because we're taking that $15 million discount here. So we're 23 million guaranteed, which means we can only hand out $6 million guaranteed more. So we can also play with the assumption, Joe, that with all the rhetoric happening about the Bengals actually playing in free agency, we're still $49 million under the cap according to the calculations here. We could go try to spend a little bit more guaranteed. We could say maybe this year they'll do 39 or 35 Give ourselves yeah. $10 million more million guaranteed to give out. We'll have to see how it goes. But yeah, in this this next wave here, I think we've it's already been picked over. So now we're coming in like the Bengals probably would. If you went out and got a Graham Glasgow, okay, wave two, who's left? Who can we go get? So wave two of free agency, we look around with a little bit of uh, money trying to trying to stay where the Bengals are at in guaranteed money. I know it says we have 40-something million to spend. We, we're not trying to play like that. We're trying to play as if the Bengals were operating, but loosely because we're trying to give them a little bit more money and, and freedom to, to move here. We gave offers to Nick Kwiatkowski at linebacker. Uh, he signed that deal. We got a three-year deal for him, $8 million per year. This is a very similar deal to what um, – Last year, Preston Brown signed with the Bengals, only guaranteeing $6 million of that. He accepted this offer, which basically means he can make up to $24 million a year on this three-year without without really playing or starting, I should say, um, a full season in his, in his career. It was kind of we did this to save ourselves a little bit in case he can't be that guy. So I think we still need a linebacker in the draft. Uh, but having Kwiatkowski and Jermaine Pratt, I feel much better about the situation. And then the other guy we signed was Danny Shelton, who was a former first-round pick, played with the Browns, played with with the Patriots. Surprisingly, he's actually still been a good nose tackle. He never turned into that guy I think they wanted with that first pick, but he's been a good nose tackle. The Bengals get a starting nose tackle here. We paid him $5 million a year for two years, guaranteeing just $3 million of that. So it really could be a one-year deal if we need it to be. So here's the thing that I think is interesting about this whole process is you look at the cap hits because the cap hits aren't the amount of money you're paying them per year. The cap hits have us with 39 million remaining in cap space. Jeff Hobson says they're going to reserve 11 million of that for rookies, rookies because they have a big rookie pool this year. Joe Joe Burrow is going to have a seven seven and a half million dollar cap hit. The rest of the guys don't make nearly as much, but the first two rounds probably constitute uh, about nine million against the cap. So that gets you to 30. Take two million for the rest of the rest of the draft and the undrafted free agents take another three for the minimum salaries that are going to get increased. You're down to 27 million under the cap. You, you add a little bit for Joe Mixon extension. Say they get a long-term deal with green done. Say that adds another 7 million to the cap this year. You're down to 20 million under the cap. So what do you do? There's still so much money to spend. They're not going to float 20 million. They might float 10 million, Joe, so do we just try to make offers with minimal guarantees now for a couple more guys and see if we can get some guys on prove-it deals? Yeah, I would do that. I would try and see if we can get a corner. Maybe we can get a veteran linebacker that just needs a prove-it deal. Uh, I, I'd be down for that. Plus, I think maybe we're in range for a William Jackson extension too, which wouldn't be that much of an increase from his fifth-year um, option. But uh, I'd like to keep a few million just for that option. And that requires him to have interest in staying here. But sure, let, let's keep some money around for that and look at what we get on day three. 
So we lost Darquez Denard, obviously, in free agency, not resigning him, thinking he wants to play a boundary corner, and we need a slot guy. Uh, we did not release Drake Kirkpatrick yet because, well, I wanted to go into free agency and see how it went first because the amount of money saved here in this situation for a corner, I don't think offsets the need of going out there with nobody next year. So I we decided to give a one-year prove-it deal to Tremaine Johnson of the Jets, formerly with the Rams, in the similar vein of Josh uh, Norman from the Redskins to the Buffalo Bills. It's a one-year deal worth up to $4 million, only guaranteeing um, less than $2 million of it. So, you know, if he shows up and he's still good or, or wants to play, then he's on this roster and maybe we cut Drake Kirkpatrick in a future time. If not, it doesn't cost Bengals too much. I, that's a kind of prove-it deal I'd like to do. And I wanted Brashad Perriman. I tweeted about him today because Mathbomb posted his RAS. And his RAS was like 99.5 or something. It was crazy good. And he also was very productive down the stretch for Tampa when they had some receivers go down to injury. And with that like 4.28 speed or whatever he ran, something crazy fast, I thought this is the guy that I would want as John Ross Insurance. And he turned down my offer. I didn't want, I didn't want to give him very much money. And so I offered him one year, $3 million. And he said no. So, uh, you know, I would try to give him a little bit more probably if I was doing this, you know, Jake's way, not somewhere between our way and the Bengals way. But this will be a solid free agency period, I think, for the Bengals. You have one guy from our tier one in Graham Glasgow. And you have some guys from my tier two, Nick Kwiatkowski, Joe's tier three, Danny Shelton also tier three. Jermaine Johnson, do we even rank him? He would be a we four. We did not. Yeah, he would be a four. He'd be one of the, on those guys down there that like, all right, let's see what you know he can offer. Yeah. So, I mean, you got, depending on whose tier list you go with, a one, two, three, four, or a one, three, three, four. And the fact that there's a tier one guy here at all means I think we're pretty happy. This represents for the Bengals a very aggressive free agency period and we have solidified the offensive line a little bit here we we still have to deal with right tackle at some point but you feel a little bit better knowing that you have Graham Glasgow on the offensive line meanwhile we replaced our nose tackle uh, Andrew Billings this is a slight upgrade I'd say but it's, it's nominal. And then Nick Kwiatkowski should be better if he can play a full season than they've had at linebacker. But this is a roll-on-the-dice kind of signing at linebacker. Same at corner. Tremaine Johnson, we're not really counting on. Yeah, if anything, we're hoping that if those are washes at those positions, that's okay because we have missed some of those guys with injuries, looking at Drake Patrick to Tremaine Johnson, and even at nose tackle with Danny Shelton. Even if you get a similar place um, level there, I think you may get a better run defender or more veteran guy that is different, and that's okay because if you want to have more defined roles there, I think it helps out your defense a little. And so, with a somewhat realistic, let's say, Bengals free agency period where Joe is still very much, I saw you tweet today, you don't think the Bengals are going to do anything. You're very much, you'll believe it when you see it. And I am a little bit more optimistic. This is somewhere between, this is probably closer to what I think will happen. See, I feel the energy. You know, everything I can gather and deduce, and I seem to be good at adding 2 plus 2 equals 4 when it comes to the Bengals throughout my career, whatever this is. Um, I think something's going to happen, but the skeptic in me is saying, wait to see it, because I can't believe it until I see it. That's kind of where I am, too, uh, in a lot of ways. 
But I'm just choosing to believe they're going to do something because if they don't, I'm just out. Like, Joe Burrow is not enough for me. Like, he'll keep, I'll watch the games, right? But I said all year, if they don't treat free agency differently, if they don't make changes to the way they operate, I'm out. And just falling your way into a number one draft pick, it'll be fun for a few years, but long term, if nothing changes, we're going to be right back in this spot. So let's get into a draft with some optimism because I believe that they are going to change a little bit. And we'll see where we land. We're going to do, what, about four or five rounds today? We'll see. And uh, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So fast forward to the draft, whenever that will be held in real life, right? I I think we're all uh, waiting to see how that will go down and when that will go down. But in this virtual scenario, we have traded Andy Dalton. We did not get the pick we wanted from the Bears. The Bears were stingy with their two second-rounders, and really their fourth-rounder is just one of the last picks of fourth round. Makes it very hard to trade with Chicago. Um, Instead, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that came in with their third-round pick, 12th overall, and it was the best we could get. That's what we took for Andy Dalton. So we have picks, one, two, two threes, and a fourth. I think that's maybe as far as we're going to go today. But obviously Joe Burrow, number one overall for us. We're happy with that. You guys know that. We're, we can fast forward. Get to round number two, sitting on the clock. And this is a little tough one when there were, really wasn't – not a clear BPA guy, right? I mean, I think there is to an extent, but not like knock you over your head. We got to take Denzel Mims or Patrick Queen. Kenneth Murray wasn't there. So we got an offer to trade back from the Carolina Panthers, which puts us at pick number six in round two. And they give us their third round pick. So we're going to end up with three – Premium third round picks, Jake. What do we do now in the second round? Well, now we fight and we try to decide if we want the chess piece, Xavier McKinney, or the solid outside corner, really solid outside corner, Jeff Gladney. And then, you know what? I'm going to talk about Jalen Rager, too, because of how much we've kicked the Bengals for not getting the premium talent at the premium positions in the draft classes in which they are strong. So, Xavier McKinney. Played all over the field for Alabama. Really good safety prospect. Could immediately play all over the place for the Bengals. He played, you know, roughly even split. Slot corner, box safety, deep safety. So you can put him anywhere, and he's going to be a good player. And getting him at the top of two, after trading back especially, I mean, you're you're talking about a dream. But then I I feel the same way about Gladney and about Rager. Because what happened in the third round, sorry, Joe, is – Jordan Love went first, then Brandon Ayuk, then Marlon Davidson, then Julian Aquara, then Cameron Dantzler. And, and this is early for Dantzler, I think. I, but, I mean, even if that is Gladney, then we're just talking about A.J. Terrell instead. Yeah, and I love Gladney, and I think he's super aware, super smart, um, great vision, ball skills, and lightning quick feet, and that's what I want. I even think he'd be a really good nickel guy. If you don't want a, a big slot corner, you know, he'd be more of the agile to cover those types i think we have to at least mention ezra cleveland mm-hmm. uh the offensive tackle from boise state 
It's a good tackle class. And when you start to look at the next grouping that could possibly be there in round two, if he does, if he doesn't go round one, I think uh, Daniel Jeremiah had him going in, in round one on the Twitter mock he did with was it Bucky Brooks at the time. Yeah. But Ezra Cleveland, I put on the tape right after that, after that uh, mock draft, and I said, ah, I see. I see now. Not only is he like a 95th percentile athlete, uh, he's got really good technique, hands, balance, a um, lot of true pass protection sets at Boise State, and he's pretty clean. He just needs to get stronger, and I think he's a starting offensive tackle for a long time in this league, and I think value-wise that's pretty good. I, I'm with you, though. I, I think if you get in this scenario and we really like – the safety or the corner class, we really like the wide receiver class. We can go another round with all those third round picks. We can bypass those positions and come back if we take McKinney. Now, I just want to nominate, and we should probably mention Jeremy Chin, because if McKinney wasn't here, I think then we'd start discussing that. So here's how you talk me into Jeff Gladney, which I did for myself on your behalf, uh, is, is exactly by talking about the other safeties. Because Antoine Winfield is still on the board. He's probably gone by the time we pick again. But Jeremy Chen, Kyle Duggar, if you get those guys in round three and Gladney yeah. in round two, the, the biggest difficulty is, is, is probably passing on Jalen Rager. Because you, you do want to get that weapon for Joe Burrow at some point in this draft, but we're just going to have to do it in the third round. So I'm good to pull the trigger here on Jeff Gladney because I think the fall-off is steeper here than at the other positions. Despite how good of a prospect I think Xavier McKinney is, I think this is really hard. But I'm I'm happy to go Gladney here, especially if you're high on him on tape. I I trust you on corners quite a bit. The cover one guys who obviously cover the Buffalo Bills, but they do everything, and they're a great subscription if you have it. They compare him to Tredavious White. And I know we tend to compare players to players we have on our own teams, but this is like from all of their guys who aren't all Bills fans. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what Tredavious White looks like. And he's really good. So we, we do get bit a little bit here, right? Because Xavier McKinney goes a few picks later to the Cleveland Browns, and now we have to play against him in the division. But he, He's going to make us pay for that. <laughs> I, I think that Pause he it. will. Pause it. Well, it's too late now. I was going to say, we were at pick 20 in round two, and with three third-round picks, Jalen Rager was still there. Would that be a scenario where you say, you know what, stop the fall, let's go get him? Well, how about, since I did pause it, I paused it late, how about we trade up for Ezra Cleveland? Or do you just want to wait and see if he's there? Because we're only a few picks now. A few picks away now, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's let it roll. Let's let it roll, because... There will be trades in the draft. It it oh there goes Ezra Cleveland got bit, mm-hmm. uh, but we could take Prince Tagovailoa if we want. So here we are at the top of round three. We have pick one in this round, pick five in this round, and pick twelve in this round. And look who made it right to us, Joe. And we'll have to have a conversation. I think about a few of the guys here, but all the safeties that we could have ever dreamed of are here. Antoine Winfield, who in the third round, come on. Kyle Duggar, Ashton Davis, who I think Mel Kuyper still has as one of his mm-hmm. top safeties. Jeremy Chin, Terrell Burgess. I mean, the safety class, so, so deep. So I'm not taking a safety here because we pick again in four picks and then again in 11 picks. I think that's good logic there. Let's let's check now who's there at wide receiver, who's there at linebacker, and maybe who's there amongst the defensive linemen. So we went through the positions here. We, we, we kind of pause the recording when we do this so that you don't have to listen to us click through. and But I, I clicked on linebacker, and I'm looking, okay, maybe we just go Akeem Davis-Gaither here just to make sure we get the linebacker. And then Joe goes, oh, but what about – and then I see the next guy in the list. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, give me Malik Harrison. Because I, ex- I expect him to be gone, to be honest. I kind of forgot. Oh, yeah, way gone. So may- maybe this pick is Akeem Davis-Gaither. 
in in the real world but in this mock draft i am running as fast as i can to my skype uh because i'm not in las vegas uh and i can't go yeah. to the podium because the draft isn't going to have an audience uh, and picking malik harrison all right but remember also he's here because we're using the board that brings in the combination of every mock draft on the internet and this is basically where they're projecting him to go in this range of the third round so it's not crazy that he's here even though we kind of ex- we've gotten high on him we think he probably goes in round two yeah and and there are big risks here there's there's a big risk of his uh solo market tackle share his solo yeah. tackle market share so we're going to pick malik harrison here and we'll see who we can get at pick number five see if anybody we want goes Prince Tego Winogo, who I would have considered Jonathan Grenard, who's a guy that we looked at also gone. But I believe, Joe, we could take a guard here if we want and see which safety, because none have been picked, we want to take uh, at 312. Yeah, I wouldn't be against it. I, I think if you got Lloyd Cushenberry here in the top of round three, he can play center, he can play guard. I know we have Graham Glasgow that can also play center or guard. I think what this gives you, though, is... Glasgow replacing Michael Jordan, Cushenberry going the right guard, or potentially center in a year or two, whatever happens to Trey Hopkins. We really don't know. He's never really been a long-term, full-term, full-time starter. Maybe Cushenberry ends up being your center. So I wouldn't be against Cushenberry at all. There is, but, but yeah, so I guess it means Michael Jordan goes to the bench, right? Because that is mm. something that I don't see the Bengals coaching staff doing. Not unless there's a, a clear upgrade or a chance to upgrade. And we're talking about third round. Yep. So only a round earlier than where Jordan was. You probably come in and just compete. Doesn't necessarily put him to the bench. It just says, hey, we're putting competition at this guard spot. Or do we want to make sure we get Antoine? No, let's just let's just do the thing and take Cushenberry because I think he's a pretty clear, solid pick. I mean, Winfield is the BPA, but there's just so many safeties. One of them will be there for us, for sure. Yeah. And that's how I'd feel. If we were looking at it and we said, okay, we still have some 2C, 2B guys, and we've taken Winfield at 33 before. Um, but you've got Will Scott Cushenberry in the 2B, 2C range. I think we we go with the need based on how the board's still sitting there. So let's say that – let's let's say Winfield is gone because I think that he – this is a late slide for him no matter what board you're using. He's 48th on the consensus board. We're at pick 76 here. I don't feel good about taking Winfield. You feel just, like you're cheating the system? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've already sort of done that. But but maybe that's just the nature of picking high-end rounds. Yeah. I don't know. But I feel like the more realistic targets here are going to be guys like Ashton Davis and Jeremy Chin. And I think Chin might be gone. I you got yeah. the, the clicker right now on Kyle Duggar. Duggar looks like a linebacker safety more than a safety linebacker. And I think that's cool with me. You get an athletic guy that has a nose for the ball, made a lot of plays at the Senior Bowl, and – I feel the same way about Chin, though. I like I want defensive X position, whatever that means. You mm-hmm. know, a defensive athlete. And I think Duggar and Chin both fit that. And it's funny because just a few years ago, we have a video on YouTube of our opinion of Derwin James, and neither of us were in on him because we, at that point in time, pre-Jesse Bates, we wanted the guy that could play center field. That's yeah. what we really wanted at that point. And, and I'm sure Derwin James does a great job of that now, and he's used everywhere in that defense when he's healthy for whatever city hosts the Chargers now. But he, uh, at the time, wasn't what we were looking for. So let's pick one of these safeties. Let's say Kyle Duggar. All right, just for the sake of doing something different, because I just did a mock draft recently, and I took Gladney at two and then had a second-round pick from the Bears where I took Kyle Duggar. So, I mean, I I took Jeremy Chin. So let's take Duggar now just to switch it up. So far, 
through three rounds. Remember, we had three third-round picks. We got Joe Burrow, Jeff Gladney, Malik Harrison, Lloyd Cushenberry, and Kyle Duggar. I think that's pretty good. That's really good. The only thing we're really missing here is is that offensive weapon. We haven't mm-hmm. found that guy for Joe Burrow to get the ball involved with. So we'll see who's there at the top of round four. We're going to do this last pick here. We're going to do it pretty quick. So let's see who we can pick. So we're booting up round four. And if we follow the trend really we've been at is pretty much picking near the top of the board every time we get there. Uh, sure, we're trying to guide it with need, but we've been pretty close there. And every time we've gotten there, it's been a debate of the top three or four guys. So we start round four and Clyde Edwards Lair is up there. And I think he's fantastic. I, I think he's probably going to go third, fourth round. So this is about fair for him. He's ranked 73 on this board and we're at pick 107. So it's a clear BPA at this position, but we have to decide, is it worth it to get another running back? If the Bengals would get him on the field, would he be valuable? He's a great third down guy. He's a great blitz uh, pickup guy. He'd replace Giovanni Bernard. I know a lot of people have said Bernard get replaced by Mark Walton or get replaced by Travion Williams. It hasn't happened. I feel like this would actually do it in Edwards Alaire, but is that worth more? Than Hunter Bryant at tight end or Adam Troutman at tight end. I feel like both of those guys could surpass what the Bengals have in CJ Ozama and Drew Sample. And I would have Adam Troutman ranked above Drew Sample. Hey man, of course we had we had Sample as a as a day three pick. And I think Troutman is upside wise. He's Dallas Goder, and I think that's definitely what I would love to have in the fourth round. All right, Joe, make the call. We're I, we're not I, gonna discuss this one for more than more than we have. It's Adam Troutman. Adam Troutman to round out the draft. So let's summarize here. We got Joe Burrow in the first round. We traded back at the top of the second round, feeling good that one of our guys would get there to the sixth pick. And we were offered the fifth pick of the third round to move back just five picks. So we add another high third round pick. We move back. We get Jeff Gladney anyway. Everything's going great. We get to the top of the third round. We're looking through the options. We're saying, okay, we could do this. We could do that. And then I'm gobsmacked because Malik Harrison's available and he's 86 or something on the consensus board. And I'm just, I'm loving it, right? I'm, I'm thrilled to take Malik Harrison at the top of the third round. If we have that opportunity and the Bengals take it, you're, you're great. He's a, he's a good athlete. He looks like he can do everything at the linebacker position. And then we come back four picks later and we get one of our favorite guard interior linemen. He plays center too, Lloyd Cushenberry who's Joe Burrow's center from LSU, and maybe he doesn't play in year one. Or maybe he unseats Michael Jordan. One of the two, right? Because we just signed mm-hmm. Graham Glasgow. Or maybe, you know, he eventually takes over for Trey Hopkins. Trey Hopkins just got an extension, but he, I, I think everybody on this offensive line except Graham Glasgow is replaceable right now. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty fair besides Jonah. But yeah, Jonah, uh, yeah. right. I Yeah, what you did here, what we did is really secure the offensive line for Joe Burrow. And I don't care how it shakes out. I feel so much better about it after getting Glasgow and Cushenberry, right? I know tackle is still an issue, but we could have taken Ezra Cleveland with that pick instead of Jeff Gladney. But now I feel so much better about corner. So it's, you know, it's a give and take there. And you're trying to to fix both positions while realizing the value that Cushenberry was going to be in the in round three. So I think we balanced that correctly. I think we played that right. Um, but getting, I think, Duggar and then Adam Troutman with the last two picks here. Yeah really gives you two high upside small school guys that I feel really good about them actually reaching that upside and, and helping the team. Yeah. And the, the big regret 
is that you don't get a wide receiver. So at the top of the fifth round, you're like, oh, do I want a Courtney Davis from A&M? And you're not very excited about that. Do I want to go Jawan Williams and have another uh, huge guy that can't move all that well? You're not really excited about that. Do I want to go with a Joe Reed out of Virginia and, and take an athlete with some upside? I mean, none of those things are very exciting at the top of the fifth round. Probably at this point, the guy I'm looking at would, would be a Marcus Bailey or Jordan Brooks. Mm. But... Or, or Khalil Davis. I mean, every time we get to the fifth round, we're talking about Khalil Davis, even Benito Jones from Mississippi. But Jason Strobridge also. Yeah, but we missed on receiver. That That's where I was going. Mm-hmm. Is we did not get any of the top receiver prospects. We got really good prospects, I think, in this draft. But, Joe, what do you grade it, given that we missed receiver? Well, you want to hit the, the strong positions in any draft class, right? So um we did at corner by getting jeff gladney so you get points there we could have went receiver could have been jalen Ragner, rager and you know who where we have gone and the, the dominoes that fall after i don't know but i think you're getting value with gladney with malik harrison with cushionberry with duggar duggar was the the most value out of all of those because i i think you can go mid-round too and i wouldn't be surprised at all and we're getting all these guys in round three those three i just named um and then getting troutman who i think goes round three and round four again we're getting a guy at the top of the board each time that could supplant the guy in front of him. And I, when you can do that in round four, that makes up for the Drew Sample pick in my mind. I think this is a solid A-minus draft. It's not only not a home run because, I mean, obviously, obviously you could have crazy guys still there that would make – if Denzel Mims was still there and then we come in the round three and there's still a really good number one type corner, A.J. Terrell, um, still there. I mean, that's, that's how you get to that. But I'm less – like last week, I knew why we weren't an A. This week, I'm like, we're an A minus. I just, it's hard to beat this one. Yeah, I mean, if you if you're getting a receiver, like you said, what's the domino effect? So if if we're sitting at round three, pick one, and we still want to get a cornerback that we you know we're, we're heavily considering a cornerback, I'm trying to find the next cornerback that was taken, and uh, it, <laughs> I can't even find it. Right. Michael Oja Mudia. I've never heard of him. Lamar Jackson. And you're really not excited about those guys. So I think we played it right. I think this gets an A, the way it shook out. And the only way that it would do better is is if, you know, at the top of round three, maybe we catch Van Jefferson falling or KJ Hamler right. and get one of those receivers there. And then, you know, maybe you bypass Blake Cushenberry because you've you've signed Graham Glasgow. Maybe it is an A minus, and that's why. Right. It's just that you don't get that receiver, right? And I'd love to surround uh, Burrow with as many picks as possible. Instead, we secured the O-line and got him a weapon at tight end, which, okay, that's the other way we went about it. Long-term weapon, though, right? Because tight end. He, anyway, he has to develop, yeah. It's a pretty good offseason, I think. You got Graham Glasgow headlining it. You, you got uh, a couple Nick linebackers Nick coming Kowski in. Nick at linebacker. Kwiatkowski and So Harrison. think about linebacker. Sorry. <laughs> Kwiatkowski and Harrison makes your linebacker group a lot more athletic. Gives you reason to be excited about the future there. So we, we've hit the needs. What, what might be outstanding needs? You don't have a wide receiver of the future. We haven't, we haven't found a replacement for Bobby Hart. This is another year of Bobby Hart. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we don't have a three-tech. 
maybe Fred Johnson beats him out. And that's maybe fifth round is Khalil Davis or Strobridge, right? And yeah. that's how we get our three tech. It's fifth round, so those yeah. guys don't have to pan out. Strobridge is like getting um, Andrew Brown for me. I, I liked him a lot, too, in the fifth round. So those guys may may not work. It's just take another shot in the dark. So I, I think, yeah, you still have your needs. You still going in the next year. We may say, man, we need a D end. We need a D tackle. Uh, and I'm talking about a Geno Atkins type guy. And we, we need a right tackle, which fine, because there's always going to be needs, but now you feel great about corner linebacker, safety, uh, offensive line. And I can't say that where we sit in real life right now. And, and the most important thing of all, you feel great about quarterback. Oh, right. And that is the most important thing. And we're protecting them now. So, And and I think that when we do these, I think that makes us on automatic A because you get Joe Burrow. I, I, so, you know, you, you kind of are grading the rest. You're right. We're, we're grading against performance, knowing that Joe Burrow is a guy. But from a player acquisition perspective, if you yeah. get the best quarterback, one of the better corners, one of the better linebackers, one of the better guards, one of the better – I mean – Every one of these players, I'm saying, he's one of the best available in that position group in this draft. Yeah, I'm with you. If they, yeah, they come away with this. This Having that free agency and then this draft, I'd be like, okay, I'm all in on thinking this team can do whatever the hell it is that we need to do, which is ultimately win it. Yeah. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, the real world of what will probably be a little bit disappointing, but I'm still trying to maintain my optimism. The real world of free agency kicks off tomorrow unless things change late here on Sunday as we record, and we'll be back tomorrow. Joe and I are both off work, actually. So that's pretty cool. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.